0: Mind, Body, and Business, a podcast that explores topics, perspectives, and actionable insight for a strong mind and healthy body, along with empowering conversations to help you handle your business. I'm your host, Maria Moore, and today we are talking about financial fitness how in shape or out of shape are your pockets. We know how financial issues can cause stress, but embracing a money mindset can help you feel more empowered and take steps towards financial peace. Here to participate in the conversation I have Dr. Nicole Garner Scott, who's all about managing risk, accumulating and preserving wealth. She is a yogi. She is a TEDx speaker. She is an author, member of Alpha Kappa Alpha Sorority Incorporated and creator of the Money Plan Inc. Nicole, welcome. I am so excited to have you on the podcast. How are you doing?
1: Doing good, doing good. Um, This was a stretch year for me, meaning I put some goals ahead of myself that I really had to get out of my comfort zone. So it's been a lot of stretching this year, but that part has been good.
0: And you know what, Nicole, I'm glad that you brought that up because you seem to do so much. And one of my biggest questions for you is how do you maintain the stretch and your sanity at the same time?
1: I like to stretch in waves because you have to heal from stretching, too. You can't stretch all the time. You have to stretch, then heal, stretch, then relax. You know, Um, Mm -hmm. so I apply that to every area. I would say that. All the things I do have always related to each other in some type of way over time. So as I was running my PR agency, I still did a lot of consulting with small businesses, helping them on their business side, providing a lot of extra value in that. And then when I went into the wealth advisement space and really launched my um, advisory firm full time, Everything still connects in some type of way. What happens is in PR got really good at listening and hearing people. And mm-hmm. I think in the money space, what was still a big opportunity and a big need is for more people to really see, hear, and listen to people and really help them build what they're trying to build based upon what they want to do, you know, what their goals are, what their mission is, um, and their life purpose. So that part that Everything kind of leads into each other in some way, form or fashion <laughs> with what I've done, but I've definitely lived a layered life right,
0: and a layered life requires so much mental capacity. so how do you um, manage maintaining that required mental space for creativity and focus and to be productive while also not sacrificing your self care and your mental health? What does that balance like for you
1: um so balance to me at this point it's, it means something completely different. And yeah. in my twenties, I used to think, Hey, you put 50% over here and you do 50% over here. A lot of balance for me right now at this stage in my life, I call it living in the gray and it is finding ways to merge multiple parts in life just to have the full expression of those things happen. So, um, a lot of what I do, I love it so much that I'm able to bring family into business trips. I'm able to take personal opportunities and then they become business. And that might not even be my attention, but it just naturally happens. It's just a lot of gray. Everything's not so black and white. Like yeah. I have to do this at this time and I have to do this at this time. I just go with the flow and allow the different parts to happen at will. Um, also too. I'm very in touch with my why at this stage in my life. And my family is a very big part of my why. So I don't sacrifice that part. I get very creative. You know, my son has more Sky Miles at four years old than than I had probably by the time I was 30. Uh, You know, so I get very creative with that. But I'm not a big proponent of, Separating everything, uh, in that type of way. Many of my yeah. clients, my, you know, if I bring my son on a client meeting, that's that's what it is. I'm a working mother, and that's what you're gonna get, yeah. <laughs> you know, in that type of realm. And I'm exposing him to a lot too, so um, that that part works out, but. Um. yeah, it's just, it's really, I would say at this stage and age, just being really comfortable with that gray area.
0: I love that living in the gray. I recently started working with a new therapist and she has been talking to me so much about living in the gray and being flexible and knowing that it's okay to change your mind and to grow into different directions. And Um, you know, not be so extreme from one end to the next. So thank you so much for sharing that. Now, one of the many reasons I was so excited to have you on this podcast is because I've had a chance to witness your success over the years, more than a decade, but more recently at Wellness House, at the Essence Festival, and you told such an amazing, inspiring story about how a single mom, a frustrated single mom has wealth all around her,
1: it really delves down into your mindset, right? Having an abundance mindset. So I'm glad you brought that up because uh, I was hoping people were rocking with that example. But when we really talk about abundance mindset, how to really channel that in that energy, um, I give the example of let's say you're a single mother, right? Single mother, you have a young child. You're at home. You wake up in the morning. You look around, you're walking out your room, you see your son put toys all over the house. Everything is pissing you off, right? You're in in a low vibrational state. You're kicking toys, stepping on stuff. You're yelling at your son, come pick this stuff up, just angry, right? You walk into the kitchen, your son is like, "Can, can you please give me one of those great cupcakes that you make all the time? and you're just frustrated and annoyed, you throw the cupcake in his lunch bag and don't think twice about it, drive him off to school and continue to stay in that low vibrational energy the rest of the day. That is when you're in a scarcity mindset, right? You're Mm -hmm. so overwhelmed by what's pulling from you. You are um, tapped into what might be a, a victimized state, a depressive state or whatever, that you're not looking up. You're completely looking down and not seeing the opportunity in front of you. But if you were to have that abundance mindset, if you were to channel that, ener- that energy into a new uh, realm for yourself, you're that same mother, you wake up, you see all these toys all over the place and you're like, you know what? We're gonna put all these on Facebook marketplace today. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna get rid of this today. And that thousand dollars that you needed for something, Christmas coming up, whatever that is, boom these are great toys people are pulling up they got to get stuff for their kids they don't mind it being secondhand you just turn anything that annoys you into cash immediately you're walking into the kitchen your son's asking you about the cupcakes you start thinking these cupcakes are good you get to the school um people are asking you hey you know your son gave out these cupcakes at school do you make these next thing you know you have a whole business going yeah. You drop your son off, you leave school, you already have increased your opportunity tenfold and you're able to see that because you're looking up. You're you're in you got enough sleep, you have enough um Energy flowing from you that you're able to take in these opportunities. The same opportunities are in front of the woman in the same type of way. It's how you're able to look at it in that state.
0: When you gave that example, it resonated with me so much because I was once that struggling single mother. Mm-hmm. And I've been doing radio for a long time. And when I was doing radio in these smaller markets, I, in my limited scarcity mindset, well, I have to give my job all these hours. This is my shift and this is my salary and it's all I'm getting paid. But then I thought, hmm, people say I have a nice voice. Maybe I should voice over commercials or maybe I can do the recording for their business. And I started thinking about all of these different ways that I can make money using the talent that I already have, but in different ways. I don't know if I've gotten the full scoop on you, Nicole, your financial journey. Mm -hmm. Like when I look at you, I'm like, oh, she always been rich. She always been a boss. (laughs) She always been killing it. You know, I'm over here catching the air. Like, you know, I just love watching you live it up, girl. All your pictures are just glammed out. You just look, it's awesome. But I know there was a road to get you here. A long
1: road, yes.
0: (laughs) Uh, I want to talk, tell me, uh, I want you to share a few highlights of your own financial journey. And also what would you say was like, the lowest point or pivotal point in your financial wealth journey that made you realize, you know what, I need to get serious about my money or I could be doing better. You know what I mean? Yeah.
1: I grew up in a household that was very much entrenched in scarcity mindset mm-hmm. um, or survival mode. So uh, it was appreciated to me back then because we would call it frugal and hey, we're cheap and it is what it is, et cetera. Yeah. Um, I didn't The a badge realize, of honor. Almost. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. appreciate it. Like, yeah. oh, you <laughs> paid $10 for this, I paid $10 yes. for Yes, I'm <laughs> yeah. winner. Um, until you start to see how that plays a role into your own self-worth, um, how you start to see that many of those choices cost end up costing you way more on the back end Yeah, um, and how you're just shortchanging yourself over time. Yeah. So, um uh, definitely it wasn't until I got to college where I started to get more exposure to using money as a tool. I think it was like my junior year, um it was me and my roommate. Um we for spring break we went I went back home with her. And she was like a very shy, unassuming, just real quiet girl. Mm-hmm. So we pull up to I want to say an estate, a gated estate. So I was like, oh, okay, so what is this? Where are we going? <laughs> this is her home. No. Uh, oh yes, my God. It was her home. And I was like, oh, you know, like <laughs> trying to add know, cool. <laughs> yeah, we did not know this about you. <laughs> um, but it wasn't even that part. It was as soon as we got into the home, the conversations immediately. Right. Like her dad was telling her, don't forget to stop by the uh, wealth advisor's office before you guys head back to school. Because now that she was getting ready to turn 21, um, or preparing to turn 21, there were some things that needed to be updated. Um, They were talking about the family business. Really, all she had to do was graduate. And she had her, a whole life wow. of amazingness set up for her where I was thinking, okay, how am I going to get a job after I graduate? What's going to happen, et cetera. Um, and even when they were just talking about the trust and, you know, what the trust would give to her. And it was just, I mean, it was conversations. I was like, I don't actually really don't even know what you guys are talking about. You wow. know, like it wasn't even like, wow, this is impressive. It was, wait a minute, this is this is something that I'm not even aware of. Mm-hmm. I remember um calling my family saying, "Hey, who's our family um wealth advisor?" Like, is did we have yeah. one? Mm-hmm. And they were like, "What? <laughs> Where mm-hmm. you been? What's what's going on with you?" Yeah. Uh, but it was it was uh a very eye-opening experience for me. And then that's when I started realizing I needed a lot more exposure um yeah. to how to build wealth, how to conduct you know, uh, family business at that level. Um, Just really understanding that, you know, money is a tool and how could I use this tool a lot better? How could I better understand the language of money? That's when I started taking a deep dive years and years ago. Um, And I just became very tunnel vision with that. I did a TED talk where I talked about this a few years ago. The pivotal moment for me is when I started realizing that I was shortchanging my quality of life with my mm-hmm. scarcity mindset. I It it, came, it got to the point where, let's say you buy a car and you're trying to get the cheapest car ends up being a lemon. By the time you actually get that car working for you <laughs> and staying on the road, you could have bought a new car 10 times over. Mm-hmm. And um, I was shackled by that mindset where I couldn't even break free of it. And once I started to really realize how that was impacting me, um, just from like a very deep level, I had to really heal from that. I I tell people, if you have any financial PTSD or financial trauma, you have to start with healing from that first, or you'll self-sabotage your greatness when it arrives. Yeah, so I really had to, to push through those moments, really relearn my relationship with money really, and then realized too, back then I didn't know what I didn't know, you know? And yeah. I think that happens a lot in our community. It's great that we have so many individuals that are sharing information online. Mm-hmm. But what's part, what I say is being licensed and, and at the level that I've achieved in the financial space at this time, it is somebody really needs to know your story for yeah. you to make some of the best decisions because a lot of information is swirling around you. But the thing is, everyone has different starting points. There was mm-hmm. a, a a meme that I saw on uh, Instagram like a few days ago where it was, they were doing like a little parody on, you know, HGTV, how mm-hmm. it'll be like, Hey, I'm a teacher and my wife is a stay at home mom and our budget to get this house redone is 200 million. <laughs> and i you, know and you're like goes, where are you getting this deal? money from <laughs> how did you get, like did you said you're a teacher stay at home how are you have two million for a budget but you're not considering they had a whole trust you're not considering the yeah. um, um real estate portfolio that was passed down to them and how they have uh passive income coming in you're not understanding that you know there was a huge life insurance policy that they're able to pull the cash value out any it's just a lot of things you're not knowing was transpiring how they have the resource and, and the assets to do what yeah. they're able to do so that's what becomes that confusion part um when you don't know like the person's story and where their starting point is
0: yeah. And I think that's why it's so important to work with someone who's licensed mm-hmm. and, you know, didn't get a little, little weekend certification. And now they the Instagram is popping and you are just seeing all of this yeah. stuff on their timeline. You know, with money, it's really important to do your research. You know, one thing that you said inside of that story that really stuck out to me, um, the word exposure. Mm-hmm. And I know that I learned a whole lot more, um, not only about um, money, but also about wellness, fitness, um, healthy lifestyle, uh, being an entrepreneur, when I got that extra exposure. And to be honest with you, Nicole, that exposure uh, was to people who didn't look like me.
1: McDonald's is not new to chicken. So maybe stop questioning their chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy, Crispy. Juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say they're not new to chicken. They're true to chicken. The McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.
0: Mm-hmm. You know, and um, there are some huge cultural implications um, when you think about building wealth and equity. What are you seeing?
1: That's a big disparity. It's uh, By the time you get very high up in the finance space, is only but a few African-American women nationally across the board.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, and so like even in my office, I'm one of two African-American women. So um, you, it, that becomes a bigger need because you need someone who is culturally sensitive that can understand what you might be embarrassed about and then that way you can tell everything, right? So the same with your doctor. When you find that really good doctor that you can feel you feel like you can talk to without any shame, then you tell them everything. And that's how you get the best, the best recommendations back for you. But yeah. then you have the other doctor that is like, why are you doing this and such and such? And you're like, well, I'm not even gonna tell you what I'm really doing. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> because uh-huh. I'm not trying to be shamed in this office. Um so the same happens in in that in many of my clients, they're either first generational um success right that the first generation to cross the six and seven figure mark or at most they're second generation but this is not nine and ten generations back of yeah. this type of wealth right so there's still a lot of um cultural nuances that play a large role in that like one thing that we say is um This important. Many times, if we meet with someone, they're like, "Well, I need to go back and talk to my family about, you know, if I should move forward, if this plan works for me." Mm -hmm. But think about it. What experience does your family have with these with these tools and these plans and whatnot? So you're asking people who don't know, and then you're using that as your guidance for how you make your decisions. Whereas some of, of our counterparts, you know these these tools and plans have been in their family lineage for years and years and centuries think about the rockefellers right how yeah. how they've built their wealth strategically so you go back and you ask your uncle yeah of course you've been exposed to this for for decades um but as far as like our immediate circle sometimes you might be the wealthiest person or most successful in your circle so who are you speaking to and who are you talking to yeah. um which i think is great that this industry as a whole is just starting to diversify a lot more
0: small wins are are so important along the way to just gradually pull you out of that scarcity mindset and when you talk about you know it not being generations back I feel like in terms of the wealth mindset it's pretty much starting with me because I know my experiences and the conversations that I had being raised but you know the other day I was out shopping with my daughter and she was looking at some shoes and she saw a pair that she liked. And she said, oh, mom, look, these are only $80. And, you know, a part of me was like, chick, oh, you know, only, but another part of me was like, wow, she, she doesn't think $80 is a lot of money. And, and I mean, you know, everyone has their own parenting styles, but I was really proud because she's living a certain lifestyle and she sees me running my business and she sees how I talk about money and um, my whole process of working the nine to five to support the business and the business into real estate and investing and, and and things like that so I think it's really important to gradually take those steps to pull you out of that scarcity mindset
1: a lot of individuals feel like they need to pass the mentality of struggle on because they've gone through struggle that doesn't teach the lesson of humility that people think that it does. They're like, okay, well, I grew up not having this. And even though we have it now, it's not yours. You don't make any money. You don't get to partake in this. You just give them a very toxic relationship with money. You're not, it's not really passing on humility. I think being able to show, bring your daughter into the fold of how you're planning, how things work, how you were able to eradicate all of the debt that you talk about in your story, showing her what it takes to really bring in the money, all of those things, that's how you build like the humility and them having a, a understanding with it. But if you shame her on thinking bigger than how you thought at her age, it just starts to build a, a toxic relationship in her yeah. mind for how she looks at money. She looks, she comes into the world thinking that it's not for her. And it's yeah. surrounded with limitations and there's only but so much she deserves to have when mm-hmm. that is not true in any form or, or matter. Since you just said what needed to be said, mm-hmm. okay?
0: And you know, I also think too that back in the day, the examples I had around me, which is kind of like, oh yeah, you work for 30, 40 years, you get your pension. And then once you're 65, you know, you can go and enjoy life. And one thing that I was telling my son when I was just kind of explaining to him how uh, rental income works and investing, I said, look, you're supposed to enjoy life. And if Mm -hmm. you have these things set up, you won't have to work at a job Mm -hmm. that you don't enjoy. Mm -hmm. You know, you can explore your interest and you'll have these other things to pay for your living expenses and you'll have a much fuller life at a younger age. Mm -hmm. How can we get out of the whole, I mean, you work for 30 years and then you retire and then really kind of just explain what people are missing in those years that they're just grinding, 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 and especially when I think about my 20s, 30s, and even 40s. Like these are like, they really full, like I'm healthy, my knees are good. You know, like I can climb a mountain right now. And if you work real hard all those years and you don't take vacations and you don't experience life and you wait until you're 65, you only have a little bit of time left. I mean, according to what they say the life expectancy is now, especially for Black men and women.
1: A few things. So one I think that a conversation we need to have in our community a lot more is getting to a place where you understand what it really costs for you to retire. So Mm. um, the reason a lot of us um, live in the now is because we feel like retirement will somehow take care of itself yeah. or you'll figure it out by the time you need to figure it out. And if it's not something you're very intentional about, then it could completely go in the opposite direction. So mm-hmm. what I what I love to tell people is whatever your standard of living is now, you're going to be that same way as 60 and 70, right? You're not going to be cool with living below your standard just because you're older. When we look at senior citizens now, they're living life, they're traveling, they're yes. starting businesses at 60. They're, they're in Dubai just as much as um, the 20-year-olds are in Dubai. Like mm-hmm. it's... You know, broke like, 20 year olds. <laughs> like, girl, where you get this
0: money from? Hang on. Like, let me take this PPP loan and go to Dubai. <laughs> That's a whole nother topic. Though. I'm sorry. I had to throw that in exactly, there. Exactly. But
1: it's, it's, I say, if you have a certain, a certain quality of life that you demand for yourself now, you have, you, it's going to be the same second half of life. Yep. So you want to be very intentional of how you're setting up second half of life too. Taking care of you now. I'm I'm not a believer of suffer all the way and then, you know, get a chance to live later on. Take care of you now, but take care of future you at the same time. Right. And if you could see that future you not as a completely separate person, but you evolved, you would take better care of her. Right. So many of us look at the 60 year old version of ourselves as a completely different person that will figure out life the way she needs to. Yeah. But that's you evolved. So what is it really like how much if you're spending 15,000 a month now to live off of what is your plan to make sure you have 15,000 a month once you stop working? Mm -hmm. Um, And a a piece of that can be tied to the mark to the market. And then you want to have like your safety piece attached to that too so building out a well-rounded plan um becomes very important and then also to just what is your strategy of how you protect your wealth right so there's things that happen later on in life you might have aging parents this is definitely when i'm meeting with couples and i have these conversations this is when it gets very real but what becomes the plan if someone in the household loses their income Mm -hmm. like How do we protect from that? What's in place for that? What happens if somebody's mother needs to move in with you? Have you guys Mm -hmm. had that conversation? How are you going to financially prepare for that? What's in place for that? Like just some of those realer conversations, um, it just makes you become more intentional with a lot of things that you're doing. So I love that you're exposing your son to that because once that light bulb clicks You don't even look at these things the same. Like I tell people I went to um, I went to China maybe nine years ago. Mm -hmm. Um, I was working on a project with a client. We went to Guangzhou. Guangzhou Mm -hmm. is where when you see the made in China sticker on everything. Yeah. That's where everything happens. Right. You went there and anything in the world that you can think to get made is made there is all a dollar to two dollars to two dollars there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I just could not come back to America spending crazy amounts knowing, <laughs> you know, what it really costs. It, like, it changes your mindset. You're like, I can't, I can't spend yeah. like that. And I know that this costs a dollar. It just yeah. it, it doesn't even sit with me anymore. So it's the same. Once you start really getting into how these, things are working as a tool, like you told your son, how real estate is really working as a tool. Mm-hmm. Then that starts to separate the emotion from it. And he sees the longevity of it. Some, yeah. and, and then I get it. Some, some clients I have, this is they're the first person to buy a home in their whole family. They're the first person that's ever made it to that point where they get too much house and all of this because it's filling a void of trauma that they have dealt with, you know, mm-hmm. earlier in life. And so that's when you have to rectify with that piece of it. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and if you could take the emotion out of it, you start to look at your real estate purchases more as a, an asset. How am I using this yes. to make sure, you know, um, life looks good for me and for who comes behind me, mm-hmm. then you just, you're, you're plugged into a different type of source at that point.
0: Um, before we wrap things up, one thing that I want to talk to you about is, is your personal fitness and your wellness journey. Um, because I've seen your transformation. You're a yogi. Uh, you do yoga on the beach. You do a little bit of everything, girl. You probably teach skydiving lessons too, <laughs> low key. But um, I want to talk about your physical well being and the impact that has on your success. How has your physical wellness contributed to your success in business?
1: People laugh when I say this all the time, but I think your strongest wealth building factor is sleep. When you get rest, that is where the rest of all the goodness just really comes from. And I feel like when you're stressed, you haven't got enough sleep, you start making rush decisions. Some of your worst decisions, some of your most panicked decisions come from that. And then it just spirals out of control from there yeah. so um having that that rest as a priority mindset is really how I started to delve deeper into my whole journey um, also too at this stage in my life like being very stressed out worrying those type of energies they don't serve me I drop the ball when I'm in that energy space um I don't show up as my best self Mm-hmm. Um times where I've been very stressed out, people have been like, you seem to be so amazing, but what's happening here? Yeah. And when I stopped and analyzed, it was too much on my plate. I was doing too much. I wasn't taking the time to pour back in myself. I was operating from scarcity, like let me go get every check. Let me go yeah. get every opportunity. Let me and I never took the time to heal, to replenish, to recharge. It is, it is how I'm able to operate at this level because I rest at this level too. Oh, I
0: love it. It is how you're able to operate at this level. And man, if 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 that does not inspire me to take a nap right now, I don't know what does because girl, you'll you be over there killing it. <laughs> well, one question that I always ask my guests um, in this podcast, I like for people to feel like no matter where they are in their journey, they can take action right away. So if you had to give a one, two, three, on wealth building, overcoming scarcity mindset? If somebody got $1, they can do it. You know, if somebody got a million dollars, they can do it. What would you say those one, two, three things would be?
1: So I would definitely say on your wealth building journey, sit down and map out who your whole financial team is. You already researched them. You already know what they're capable of and you know how to bring them into your team. Because when the wealth does arrive or as it expands or it increases or wherever you are on your journey, You need to already have these people around you. You need to have your accountant. You need to already have the realtor because we know you're moving. (laughs) We know you're going to move. Who's that realtor you're working with? Who's that lawyer that's able to conduct your business at a high level? Who's your financial advisor that's sitting down and helping you map out everything? Like that should be your activity from listening to today's podcast. Sit down Mm. and write out who your whole financial team will be. That's what I would say step one is. Step two, get really personal with what your why is. Mm. Like what do you want your last name to stand for? Mm. We have holidays getting ready to come up. We have opportunities for you to be around family anytime during the year. But when you're getting together with everyone, start asking, what do we want our last name to stand for? Like, what do we want it to be remembered by? And let that be your guiding compass on why you're doing a lot of these things. Once again, money is just a tool to whatever that deeper purpose is for you. So how are you, you know, letting yourself be guided by that? The third thing I would say, write your legacy letters. While you are healthy and happy and in sound mind, the thing that you see about many of our counterparts is that they control the narrative of, of their legacies, right? There's, somebody has did a documentary on them or a movie or you know, somehow you feel like they're just so amazing because their history was written in that way. Yeah. In our communities, some many times the amazingness and legacy of a person goes away when they go away. Mm-hmm. and that's does not do us justice in regards to that so take some time if you have some time over the next few weeks and write out your legacy letters who were you when when it's a few generations past you what will they remember maria more as right yeah. what will they remember nicole as um and and write that legacy out i appreciate
0: you so much and i am so grateful for our connection and how we've maintained that over the years and Seeing you grow and evolve in so many ways, um, in so many aspects, Nicole has been just such a pleasure and an inspiration on my end. So if folks want to get in touch with you, uh, learn more about uh, developing their money plan, how can they get in contact with you?
1: Yes. So website is themoneyplaninc.com. So the Money Plan Inc. I'm very active on social. So um, on Instagram, Facebook is Dr. Garner Scott, D-R-G-A-R-N-E-R Scott. LinkedIn is where I give a lot of my financial information because um, I do it in a very accountable way. So yeah. connect with me on LinkedIn for that type of info. And then, yeah, just reach out to me. I'm I'm here. You know, I will
0: be reaching out, Nicole, because I'm trying to get some help with my little financial plan. I'm trying to build even more wealth. And hey, uh, make sure you stay connected with Nicole. She has really great nuggets on her posts on social media. With that said, that is a wrap for this episode of Mind, Body, and Business. I hope you took full advantage of all of the actionable insight in this episode. As always, you can find Mind, Body, and Business on all socials at MBBpod. Thanks again for joining me, and I look forward to another empowering conversation on the next episode. Mind, Body, and Business is an Urban One Incorporated Reach Media production. Hosted by Maria Moore. Follow me at Maria Moore on all socials and at MBB Pod. Executive produced by Maria Moore. Senior Director of Podcast Operations, Sierra Reed. Supervisory Producer, Colby Cove tyner Director of Sales and Corporate Partnerships, Michelle Marino. Integrated Marketing and Partnerships, Lori Flowers, Laura Lopez, and Brittany Jackson. Digital Marketing, Walter Gaynor, J.R. Davis, and Tim Hall. Music produced by Jamal J. Soul Smith. Thank you for listening to the Mind, Body, and Business Podcast.